Welcome to Vets to PM's Military Transition Academy podcast, the show where we discuss how to succeed in transitioning from the military service to the civilian workforce. This show and the academy it represents helps veterans transition into meaningful, lucrative post-service careers. Your primary host is Eric Doc Wright, PhD, Certified Manager, Military Veteran, Serial Founder, Best-Selling Business Author, Philosopher, Linguist, and Coach. Your other host is Jeremy Burdick, Project Management Professional, Scrum Master, Product Owner, and Retired Air Force Chief, and the current COO of Vesta PM and the Professional Development Unit University, where we will interview veterans successful in corporate America and business to bring you nuggets of wisdom every episode to make you more successful. Next, let's introduce today's guest. All right, our guest today is Sam Reen, and he was a con contracting officer in the Air Force for seven years. He graduated from the Air Force Academy and separated as a captain. He started working with technical startups and founded SIBIR, that's S-B-I-R, Advisors Incorporated. It's a team of veterans working to help technology startups do business with the warfighters. So you're going to find out a little bit about contracting here, um, set-asides, and some other information about how he helps, but he's going to throw in a really cool reverse headhunting tactic that I want you to listen up for. All right, let's get started. It's an honor to meet you, and thank you for all you're doing for, for veterans out there. Uh, uh, it's amazing. So really appreciate it, and what you've built here is uh, fantastic. So thanks for having me on. Um, so I was a, a you know Air Force guy. I, I got out of the academy in 13, went into contracting. I started with AFSOC, uh, loved it there. I got to uh, feel like I was close to the mission, you know, things I was buying today they'd use in the field tomorrow, whether it's four-wheelers or water bottles. I always felt like I was having an impact um, on the day-to-day. -day. Uh, got back from Afghanistan and they said, uh, yeah, you should go into offensive cyber, like you'll have the same kind of fast paced environment and, you know, close to the mission impact there. So got my top secret clearance, got behind the green door and, you know, was expecting to see alien technology and it's just kind of the opposite, uh, as you know, some know. Um, we're looking around and seeing we're decades behind and, uh, you know, and, and kind of realizing it was, uh, my career field's fault, you know, as a contracting and acquisitions, we were taking so long to get stuff on contract that uh, we were, we were, you know, in cyber, like anything else, you, whoever has the shiny new toys wins that fight. And we weren't getting the shiny new toys the fastest. And so we're in this armed race and we're losing because we take 12 to 18 months to buy something. And that's two iPhone generations. And so it was obsolete by the time we bought it. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I was looking at uh, TechCrunch articles and companies out of Silicon Valley and seeing they've got exactly what we need, but we can't do business with them because we got so much red tape and they don't want to deal with our long sales cycles. And so we're stuck with, you know, what's ever coming out of the primes. Um, and, you know, initially, like I started applying to primes. I went to uh, Lockheed, Northrop, Raytheon, I thought, hey, I'm you know, level three contracting officer, got a TSSCI. Uh, I'm going to be picked up, no problem. <laughs> but never got a call back, entered in all those resumes, uh, you know, and the stupid ones where you got to type it all in and upload uh, and do that a, a dozen times and, and never hearing anything. So I kept going, aiming lower and lower and lower until I was like applying to entry level, you know, proposal writer, tech writer type stuff. Still nothing. So 
uh, yeah, then, you know, I was like, well, why don't I try to help these startups and work with small businesses to help them do business with DOD? And that's when I, I transitioned out and, and got plugged in with a small company and started working with startups. And fast forward to today, uh, you know, I run, I run Cyber Advisors, which we're a small consulting firm, we're about 30 employees or so, and, and working with uh, tech startups to help them do business with the government. So, yeah, I love it. We get to, you know, continue the mission, help get good tech to the warfighter and make sure we're not disrupted in the next war. And um, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. So for, you know, for everybody listening out there in MTA podcast nation, man, I mean, think about a couple of the really key things Sam just dropped on you. So first of all, Hey, I'm contracting officer guy, KO formally trained. And then all of a sudden I'm cyber guy. So this is for all the critics to say, oh, if you don't have any of this experience or that experience, you can't be this professional, that professional in the civilian world. Because you marry that with one of the other things Sam said that was critical. There's always somebody out there getting their lunch eaten and they need help defending themselves against a bully. And if you're the one that can help defend them against a bully, they'll figure out a way to slot you in, man. They don't care what they call you. They'll give you a job title. They'll make you a job. Like they'll, they'll get you into the fight if you can help them keep their lunch money on the playground, right? So don't listen to the people that say you can't adapt, you can't overcome, you can't get the new training, you can't. I mean, if that's one of the things we've got in our wheelhouse as vets. I don't care what your occupation was or is. And oftentimes, re regardless of what it is, you've got other duties assigned or collateral duties or whatever. So we can learn very technical stuff very quickly to a proficient enough level to execute on the ground in real time tactically. Okay. So there's two things that Sam said that I just thought was amazing. And the third thing he said is, Hey, you know, when guys like I or Jeremy or, you know, some of your favorite LinkedIn voices say, start prepping early, man, they ain't lying. You think, Oh yeah, my buddy's at a contractor. I'm walking out on Friday. I'm good on Monday. And you heard him say, dude, dude's got chops. He's got this clearance, that clearance, this level three acquisition guy. Like he's got chops. Six months later, though, he'll take a desk at a help. He'll take a job at a help desk if he can get it. And what that starts doing to your psyche, you know, like, hey, on this one day I was king of the hill, and now I can't even, you know, climb to the top of the curb. Like this is this is insane. So you, you just got to persevere. You got to stay optimistic. You got to have thick skin and take what people tell you and incorporate it, and and you know, move to the next X. Get on it. Get beat up. Learn some stuff and go to the next one. But wow, Sam, what a what a cool story, man. And so now you're slotted uh, and probably it probably worked out better for you, right? You're probably having a lot more fun because now you're the expert and these small startups are looking at Sam like, hey, dude, you got to help us figure it out. I mean, they're literally depending, their profit and loss survivability is depending on Sam and his team and his company. I mean, dude, that's like you couldn't have written a better job. How cool is that, right? Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you hit on a couple things there. Like, um, so, you know, I, recognizing that I wanted to help startups or I thought, Hey, we got to get that great tech, find a way to get into DOD. That was like, what I didn't know was a driving factor, but, and then, you know, when it came decision time to get out, I was like, well, I don't want to go work with a startup or be a small business. It's about stability, right? I want to go work for a large company that's not worrying about raising money. Like, but so I kind of sold out and was looking at trying to go large business. But uh, what I realized quickly is that I was a dime a dozen. Like they've got their pick of the litter when it comes to contracting officers or any other kind of career field. Everyone wants to work with them. And so 
that supply and demand thing, like they were, their pay, you know, that they were offering was not competitive to what a small business can offer when, you know, what, and I'm a much hotter commodity over there, like uh, with, with startups, you know, or any small business, your knowledge that you're coming from out of the DOD is gold. Like where are they going to get that? And so, um, yeah, they, they value that way more and, and found out, I you know, I got the salary that I was at looking for and, the, you know, and now I run a company or helping other veterans get, uh, you know, the salaries that they're looking for are much more competitive than what you could get a large business and we get to build something together. So I would say like follow, you know, recognize it sooner than I did that, hey, this is my passion and this is what I want to do. Don't just do the smart thing and try to look for like the safe landing place. Like do what you want to do, what like is your passion. And this is your opportunity to take that risk and do it. But, you know, also from a small business perspective or a business common sense perspective, something that Sam just said there for all of you listening and watching is, you know, I mean, bring the value. You know, the hiring equation I always talk about bring the big V and make sure that the big V is much greater than the small S you're asking for. Like, I don't, if you come to me and say, Hey bro, I need a, I need 1.5 million in salary. I'm not going to balk if you say in your return is 15 X cause that's a lot of money, right? Like let's go make it, let's go crush it together. Right. So, you know, you, you heard him say, don't settle and you heard find your passion, but you know, you, you got to balance that like uh, work-life balance and all these, all these buzzwords today, like find your passion, whatever. But Hey man, you got to pay bills. You got to put kids in college. You got like car payments. Like you got to, you got to spend 300 bucks. Right? <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I just dated the the podcast episode. Sorry, Jeremy, you can edit that out, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like it, do something you're passionate about. Take some time, reflect going in like, Hey, I love doing this and I hate doing these things. So go look for things that have the, I love words in them, but, but you got to figure out how to monetize it, man. You're, you always have to bring the economics to the conversation. Hey, Here's what I can do. Super five-story V. I'm only asking for a single-level story house ranch worth the salary. But gee whiz, man, if we do this right and we get these economics squared away, like stand by, I'm gonna crush your PL. You, you know, it, you gotta you gotta have the economics in there. It's just not realistic, I think. Yeah, for sure. And you bring up another point, like just to reel you back from the because you you launched a lot of missiles right there. <laughs> but there's a couple that I want to unpack. And one of them was, hey, just because it's the big contractor doesn't mean that it's definitely the easiest path either, because everybody wants to be in there so they can wear the you know Lockheed Martin shirt to work. And hey, man, my pay is going to be excellent. Maybe, maybe not. It might be a hard entry barrier, but it's also most likely they got to sift through a hundred different, well, probably thousands of resumes for one position. Whereas a small company, maybe it's 10, 15 resumes to go through and you can kind of float to the top of that stack. So really, really cool. And then the other thing you said was problem and solution, right? You had a problem in the, in the service trying to get technology to the warfighter. You came back and figured out a solution, right? So, I mean, this is kind of what you're doing now, right? This is something that you have decided, Hey, Sam thinks this is a problem and I want to go tackle it and I'm going to go help other people tackle it too. So good on you. I mean, really, really cool. So Sam, what are some things in, in, when you're looking for talent, brother, uh, and knowing what, you know, transformation you went through, what are some things a guy or a gal can do to really kind of 
help them claw to the top of the resume pile. Cause that's another thing too. We talk to hundred, you know, the thousands of vets every year, man. And what they don't understand is it's not my resume gets me a job. That's it's, that's, it's linear. It's more linear than that. It's my resume and or my LinkedIn profile gets me an interview. The interview gets me a job or loses me a job. My performance, the first quarter in keeps me the job or loses me the job. Right. And so when you, when you try to do the whole thing at once, A, it's complex, you get a generalist resume. Um, and so, so what are some things some guys and gals could do specifically to kind of say, okay, this is going to get me to the interview. This in the interview is going to get me to the gig. Are there, are there any things we can do to kind of stack the deck in our favor? Yeah, uh, uh, 100%. So a couple of things there. Like, I, I guess I always assumed that, you know, uh, the knowing people and the buddy-buddy network to get a job only work on the small business side. I thought large companies are more mature. They're, um, you know, more complicated than that. I've got to go through their system. But what I was you know, figured out is, okay, now that I'm out of the DOD and I'm working with smalls, uh, now I get hit up by the large primes that I work with and they want to hire me. And I'm like, what happened? I've applied to your system, you know, it, they very much work on that who, you know, kind of thing too. So, so to your point, doc, you want to do this like reverse head hunting thing. You want to go out and find the companies you want to work with and work for, find people in there that, you know, you might have some connection or, or, you know, overlap with, and try to talk to them and reach out to them and be proactive and get, you know, get on people's radar in their DMs and LinkedIn. And that's how you land a job, like with small or large, you know, um, with, uh, and the, you know, you, you can know what the openings are, use those online platforms to figure out what are they looking for, what are they trying to hire for, but try to find your way in through, through somebody um, is, uh, is something that I, that I would recommend. So, we do the same thing. I'm out looking for people. Uh, you know, I have the hiring banner on my LinkedIn, but I get so much, you know, crap sent my way through because of that, that I don't even really listen to those DMs that come through, not, excuse me, not DMs, but the applications. Not, I will, I will listen to a DM. If you, if you message me, I'll message you right back. But the, the applications that just come across through the online system are noise. There's a lot of it, you know, or, they're foreigners or whatever the case, it's just like spam. So I've got the hiring banner to let you know that I'm hiring, but I'm not like looking for your application to come through that system. I want you to reach out to me and talk to me and I'm going to do the same. I'm going to go out and headhunt, try to find people with the experience and background I'm looking for and, and reach out to them. And, you know, today, like after post COVID, like everything's changed. Like our, our business, we're 30 people. Everyone's working from home. So like, it doesn't look like the way it used to, where you have to go find a brick and mortar and a sign on a building. A lot of really successful companies don't have any, any location. And like the, you know, you go to their tax ID number and it's somebody's house. Like that, that's where a lot of smalls are. So you, the only way to find them is online and connecting with them. And so you, you mentioned earlier, what am I looking for in talent? Um, it's a tall order. I'm looking for someone who understands the DOD, knows, you know, the ins and outs of obviously the easy stuff, what's the difference between a sergeant and colonel, but who, who has budget? It may be colonel of a mission support group. Uh, he probably doesn't have money. I want to talk to a colonel or like an acquisition program office. So, you know, those kinds of things, you know how the, the, the operational and the buying sides work. Uh, so you have that kind of acquisition and DOD knowledge. You've got that uh, drive and accountability 
that you can work from home and no one has to check in on you. I, I like I said, you have 30 people working for me right now. No idea what they're doing. I have no way of talking to them. They're spread all over the country. Uh, you know, I can t- tag them on Slack, but I trust that they're doing their jobs and they're making us money right now. And and then the the you know final thing is being a people person. I can put you on a Zoom call like this with some with a client with a CEO who's raised millions of dollars in venture funding, and know that you're going to be able to like hold your own and be confident and be charismatic. You know, customer service kind of attitude. Someone that has all all those qualities is hard to find. So when we find them, we want to grab them and pay them well to keep them because it's uh, that's what we're looking for. And, you know, so two things that he's just said there about that gang that you're, you're listening and watching. I mean, so first of all, he, you, you shotgun blast him your application. That's not what he asked for. He's looking for a relationship. You have to put in a little effort first. You got to bring him the value first. Hey, Sam, I really appreciate your sirens call, dude. I'm responding accordingly. The reason I'm responding is value I'm bringing, value I'm bringing, value I'm bringing, value I'm bringing, value I'd love to get from you and we could do this thing together. Let's go dancing. I mean, that's now you got Sam's attention. Now it's a conversation. It's not just applicant John Q. Public. It's, hey, applicant Eric Wright sent his, oh, he just happened to attach his thing, but he's having a conversation with me. I think I'll be a nice human being and reciprocate the conversation, right? Let's, okay, so now I got a telephone number. Let's see if we're going to go have some dinner together, right? The second thing he said too is he, he started out by saying, oh, dude, great question, Eric. It's tall order, brother. But if you listen to the things he said, if you're a mature individual applying your skill set and you take 30 minutes to think about how the things you've done in your career are evidence that you have those things that are pretty common sensical. Can you show up on time? Can you be dependent? Do you know when to use the word dude in a conversation or not? Probably not with the CEO. First time you've met him of a small company, you need to wear a tie and you need to show up and impress, right? I mean, so it's, it's a, a great example. We used to, uh, one of our buddies, Ron Savanda, Jeremy and I were working with him early on doing, he was trying to teach me how to spell IT and sec plus, right? Like I, like my (laughs) IT department's my freshman and he's at school right now. So I don't even have an IT department around, but so he, he basically was uh, talking about even the tech guys, right? Like if you show up in a hoodie, cause it's a tech guy position, I'm not interviewing you. Yes, you'll wear a hoodie when you get the job, but dude, you show up to a job interview in a tie. You show up in a hoodie, that interview's over before we even start it. I mean, so you got to kind of be a little savvy. Think about what Sam is looking for and why. Think about what your answers are going to be in terms of how you're going to provide that value to Sam. Start that personal conversation and then show up prepared. You know what I mean? Talking about the things that Sam cares about and that tall order probably isn't that high of a hurdle that you can't leap over it if you get enough speed behind you. I mean, Sam is, I don't know, let me put words in your mouth, dude. Is that kind of what you, what you're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think we we're looking for high talent, but there are a lot of people out there that have those qualities and they're just, they're, they're, they're in pockets and they're hard to find and they're in other people's circles. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and you know, and not everybody's got it. So if you look to your left and right, not everybody fits that the the mark. But yeah, 
Well, and too cool. And when you think about the um, starting the relationship on the first sentence, the first DM, the first, like you're actually interviewing that on that first uh, interaction, right? Interview started, like games yeah. on. <laughs> so, so spell things right, you know, make sure it's eloquent to at least give it some effort. I mean, we're not asking you to be an English teacher. Uh, I'm married to one of those. So I'm always being told when I'm wrong, but I will say that I can formulate a sentence that would hopefully, you know, be warm enough for you to hopefully reply. Like it's just, it's got to intrigue you. It's got to, um, a lot of times people say, reach out with a question or some yeah. kind of a help. Like, how could I, you know, how could I do this better, Sam? You know, something like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we're, we're hiring for business development roles. So I want to see that you're, you know, you're not afraid of doing a cold call or a cold email, right? And not just me, like you can reach out to CEO, but what if you reach out to four or five other people in the company? Like we're going to all notice, we're all sharing the same Slack and stuff and say, hey, so-and-so reached out to me and, and you're marketing yourself to the whole team. And so don't stop at the first person I DM'd and they didn't answer. Go down, you know, look for other people in the company. Say, hey, can I ask you how, how you like working here? And, you know, ask questions like that. And they'll start talking. And now, you know, when I get on a call with you and you say, oh, yeah, I've talked to, you know, so-and-so on your team. I'm like, oh, cool. So, that, you know, there's a connection there already in place. And then also, uh, you know, be active on, on LinkedIn. So if I'm looking for a BD person and the last time they posted a, 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 an original thought on LinkedIn was five years ago, you know, you're probably not the kind of, you know, outreach person we need, like, you know, try to try to get out there and, and, you know, market yourself a little bit, put, put some, uh, some, some thoughtful posts out about your, you know, your job and, and how you see the world or, you know, and problems that you uh, interact with and how you solve them, like make that, make that a, a LinkedIn post. And that kind of helps tell your story too. Creative solutions. I love it. Like yeah. throw something out there and, and show them that you're bringing something to the table. That's, that's the value we're talking about, right? It's like yeah. you're wanting someone's mind that's going to help you develop business. So go solve a problem just the way you started the company. Yeah. Well, I think about like EPRs and OPRs, you know, you put in your like impact and or, you know, problem impact or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people put that in their resume, which is great. I'll gloss over that part. I promise. But what if you took that, and made it a LinkedIn post and put a picture with it and said, here was my problem. Here's how I solved it. And here's the impact. And here's a photo of the, you know, the, the fleet of vehicles that we help solve or whatever. Like that's going to get a ton of likes. It's going to get you a lot of exposure and do way better for you than just the blind item on your resume. And it's evidence that you're who you are, say you are, and you can do what you say you can do. It's literally evidence. I don't right. need to see it on your resume. I don't need to suss it out in an interview. You're, you're, you're literally stacking a deck. You're giving me evidence that I should be interviewing you. Right. Yep. Exactly. And I know that you're not going to be standing in my office every morning asking me to make decisions for you. You're going to, I don't have to babysit you, especially in a, a virtual environment. You're going to get out there. You're going to sniff out customer problems. You're going to bring them solutions, which is basically sales and or billable hours for the company. I mean, again, I hate to reduce everything to financial transactions, economics, but that's what business is. It's a bunch of economical transactions, right? I like you. You like me. You buy my stuff. I sell you my stuff. I buy your stuff. You buy, you know, that's what it is, right? You vote with your buck. Yeah. So 
And you're, um, you're, you're giving your network an opportunity to help you out. Like your friends can go like and share whatever comment, you know, and, and so you're leveraging your network by putting it out there and it, 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 you know, gets spread around. So then people know you're, you're available. And it's solution selling. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and I don't remember which one it was. So if you're listening to this and it's your podcast, I apologize. Email me. I'll make sure I give you credit in the next MTA podcast, but they were talking about, um, the old way of selling, the way I was taught when I first got out of the service back in the you know, 90s, man, that's dead. I'm not saying that you can't sell the old way, but the new way is called solution selling, especially in professional careers like business development. I need to understand my customer, their plight, the symptoms that they're having of the problem that they're afflicted with. I need to understand whether I have any medicine in my sales catalog cabinet or not. And if I don't, if I can help them get healthy, they'll remember who, you know, field dressed them and got them some help so they could survive the problem. So it's, it's all about solution selling. Now, if you're still doing, even in the cold call, cold lead environment, start that relationship, ask the questions, make it about them first. Yes. You're there to sell them something. We all get it. Yes. They know they're going to get asked for the sale at some point. If you're a decent salesperson, but if you're only going to bring them a possible solution to consider purchasing that might help them solve their problem because you listened to what their problem was, that, that's a much more symbiotic relationship than, hey, man, I got a lower price than vendor X. Want to dance? Yeah, for sure. And in, in Daniel Pink, I mean, he puts out an article all about uh, you're spending 40% of your time sales and persuasion, regardless of your job, even if you're not in a sales job, you're always communicating, even as a project manager or as an HR manager or any of the other certifications that, that we uh, certify people on, you are always persuading and selling your ideas, um, what actions you want other people to take, uh, the direction of the product when we're talking about features or attributes. I mean, it's 40 minutes on, you know, 40% of your time on every hour is a lot of time that you should be persuading and selling. So if you're not good at it, maybe you, you know, look it up, you know, figure it out. Yeah. You're, you're reminding me of like one of my favorite uh, podcasts and books uh, it was by Don Miller. And I can't remember the book to save a life. Oh, we're big fans. We probably read it. <laughs> yeah. Story. Uh, Building story a story brand. brand. Story brand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that's exactly right. Like you, you, you highlight their their problem, and then, um, and then, and then sell the solution. So you know, and it's nothing new. I mean, you look at uh, what was the the movie uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and he says, "Sell me this pen." And the way he sells a pen is he says, "Okay, sign your name." And he says, "Well, I need a pen." You know, and he's like, "Oh, you you know, presented a problem to you, and here I'll sell you the solution." That's exactly, I mean, you said it right. So uh, 100%. And what, what I did when I got out is I started looking at, okay, I didn't really under, know the, you know, you, you said I, I found a problem. Yes. Tech, you know, warfighters need technology. Startups have technology. Don't want to work with DOD. That, that's all I knew. I had to dig into that a little bit more to find out what the real pain points are. And what I found is, you know, startups struggle with three things. is They don't know who their customers are where they are, how to find them. And I do. So that's business development one-on-one right there. Like, okay, you've got a technology and I know the missions of different you know, units in the DOD. So let me help guide you to those customers. Then when we talk to those customers, we run into problem number two, which is they say, gee, I like the technology, but I don't have any money. 
because you know they forecasted their budget two years ago and they don't have uh, every dollar already has a name. So they're like, come back to me next fiscal year. I might have money for you then. And that's not good enough for a startup or small business. They can't wait that long. So then how to go find out a way to get funding. And that's where SBIR and STTR comes in. Our name, Cyber Advisors, is Small Business Innovation Research. That's a program uh, you know, that's established by Congress to help uh, small businesses and startups with funding. So for Air Force, that's 660 million a year that's set aside for small businesses. And all we do is help them go get that funding and help bridge the gap with those customers, you know, from today to next year when they do have money to work with us. Okay, so now we're down the road a little bit. We've worked with that customer. We've built a relationship because we went and got other people's money and, and have got the tech in their hands. Now we're, now we're to the point where they have their own dollars, but they don't know how to work with us because we're a startup. We have no past performance. We're not on GSA. So we have to like figure out a way to get that money on contract and whether it's partnering with a, a prime or it's you know going sole source, it's an access problem. We help solve that access problem. So that, that's all we do. We do those three things and um, um, you know, we're doing it well. So uh, we help clients win a little over 120 million so far this year um, in uh, 2022. In, and it's in, only the second quarter, gang. For those of you listening, that's that much in two and in, in four months. So, um, so Sam, what other books could you talk about? And before you answer that question, so those of us that are big Donald Miller fans, I mean, Sam just did it, gang. You ought to get that tight with your responses and your story. You know, you'll hear that in Tapscast. Oh, learn to tell your story, and then like you're left with that esoteric. Okay, yeah, like whatever that means. They don't teach you that in any of the schools, as far as I know. At least they didn't when I was in service. So what he, you, you just heard him do it though. Hey, we work with small businesses that have three problems. Problem one occurs at this point in the pipeline. Problem two at this point in the pipeline. Problem three at this point in the pri pipeline. Here's how we help them survive and thrive. Why? Because it's about them. It ain't about Sam and his company. The small startup could care less about Sam and his company. Hey, man, how do you help me pay my paycheck? How do you help me put my kids in college? If you help me do that, there'll be money for you to put your kids in college on the back end. So you just heard Sam tell his story in three very short, concise, simple statements. Like a third grader could understand what Sam does for his customer. Who they, you, you, they, a third grader could tell you who Sam's customer is, why they're Sam's customer, and how Sam helps him survive and thrive. That literally is Donna Miller's book, Marketing Made Simple. Like right there's the cliff notes. There's the summary. <laughs> so what other books, dude, Sam, do you think like would be helpful to somebody you're looking for, like a biz dev professional or like a cat coming out of KO going into general business? You know, what else would you recommend to? Uh, venture deals is another one. So um, when we're working with technology startups, the CEOs are living and breathing, raising money. That's like all they do um, is talk to investors, talk to investors, a sales call here and there in between, but it's mostly get me investment so I can survive to the next, uh, you know, race. And so understanding the plight of small businesses and startups, you know, venture deals is a good one to understand all the term terminology. Just like if I go out into, uh, you know, if in the world and I start talking about DOD and AFL-CMC, life cycle management, I'm, I'm talking like Greek to, you know, civilians. It's the, it's the same thing. They talk a different language and we got to learn their language and, and put it in terms they understand. So when I'm talking about, hey, we want to go get this phase two cyber contract and they're like, I don't know what that means. Oh, well, it can basically replace your Series A 
you know, round, it's 1.7 million. It's, it clicks. So that kind of thing, like you want to get smart on their terminology um, and, and be conscious of when you're using DOD terminology. <laughs> That's perfect. Cause you know, the language you can translate for them, which turns okay. on light bulbs, which illuminates opportunities for them to go chase down. I mean, that, that, it, that's amazing. And it, you, you put it so practically, dude, you know, like the, a lot of times this stuff is couched as like voodoo or something. And like, well, I could never figure that out, but the average vet bear, pretty dang smart, pretty big aptitude to learn technical stuff, pretty dang quick. You come with some essential knowledge, skills, and abilities that Sam's outlining, man, he could teach you how to do this stuff. You read a couple books, learn how to story tell, learn how to solution sell, like like you literally can reinvent yourself inside a 90 days flat and be making six digits on the other side of it. Right. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And your, your certified manager book doc it would help them with the whole business language. Like if you came out and you didn't have a business degree, boom, you read that book. Even if you just read the glossary, now you've got some business terminology that is in play with every manager out in the force. Boom. You've, you've just made a difference in your life. Heck, my buddy, Tony Gray down in South Florida, he's in the book. The book's full of veteran vignettes like Sam and Tony, whatever, sharing like, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I do. Here's how I do it. Here's how it helps you learn the language of management. Tony's got an entire vignette in there on what is business development and why does the veteran care and like sammy lays out some basic common things a lot of high-speed vets have and if you thrive on applying those so if you don't like cold calling if you don't like talking to people if you don't like small talk networking then don't be a biz dev guy but or gal but if you do like that stuff I mean, I had no idea until Tony started schooling me on the profession of business development. He's like, son, <laughs> I can make a good living having lots of fun, helping lots of people be super stupid successful. I mean, like, and you get paid to do that. Like, how cool is that? You get paid to make a difference in people's lives. That's, I mean, at 52, man, I feel blessed that I figured out the secret. I get paid to be me helping people have better lives. I mean, yeah, yeah. I got, and I wear flip-flops to work, bro. I can't believe I get paid to do this. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and it's a, it's a marathon. So it's a slog at first. Like you don't expect it to happen overnight, but like, you know, an example is we started working with the company, you know, 18 months ago. And, and when we, you know, took them and they didn't know anything about DOD and we're helping them with the registrations and the paperwork and you're slogging it out, trying to get them in front of people. And then like now they're, they just got an order for a bunch of radios to ship to Ukraine. And we're like, that made it all worth it. You know, all that time trying to get that tech into the, into the warfighters' hands and now it's being used in, in the real world. And so it uh, doesn't matter how much money we made. And I mean, that, that's awesome. And everybody ate because of it, but like, that's, that's the kind of impact we're having. And so love that. Yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> It does. It does. And you're, you're right. It's a grind, but when it pays off, what a win. So yeah. how, how cool, you know, that you were, you got to be a part of that and your company got to be a part of right, right. advising them that that's got to feel like a, an amazing win. You obviously don't do it on your own by yourself. You've got a team and right. let's talk a little bit about how do you, how did you get your team of folks um, and know that obviously when you went, you told us how you interviewed them, but where'd you go find that talent? Well, so initially, like the, the first 
you know, three, four hires are buddies, you know, that I worked with, you know, before in the DOD. I know they, I know that they've got a work ethic. I know they have the knowledge and expertise. Um, and so you got to reach out to them and be like, Hey, I want to start something and we're, you know, make a difference and join me kind of thing. And so you put together a team and, you know, we put in some late nights and, uh, you know, we, we one time we, we booked a hotel conference room and we we're in there until probably two, three in the morning, writing proposals. And, you know, the four of us in there with a pizza and it smelled terrible uh, after, you know, being locked in there a couple of days, but like that, we, we put in the work and now as we uh, have been able to get bigger and bigger uh, companies like vets to PM are a huge, huge help for us. Um, so like being able to uh, you know, like I, I'm always watching my costs and PL, like you said, and, and making sure that uh, uh, we're being efficient and we're not overspending and that kind of thing. So being able to uh, go to Vets to PM and you guys, you know, advertise a, a job listing that I get to describe, like, this is what I'm looking for. This is who we need. And then, and then being able to point people your direction saves me so much time where I would normally have to have like an, pay an admin assistant um, to, you know, go out and do all the paperwork to, to be compliant with the DOD skill bridge program. Then they'd have to go out and, you know, advertise the, the listing and go through all the, the hires. You guys not only go out and source, but you also like, uh, you know, you, you, you neck down the, the, um, candidates until it's someone that, you know, that fits the, the requirement and then we're having a conversation. And so saves so much time and it's, it's a great investment. And we've, we've been working with you guys, for about six months and brought in, um, I don't know, half dozen hires or so from, from SkillBridge with working with you and, and all of them great people that we wouldn't have normally ever been able to, they were outside of our circles and network. So, um, you know, tapping into your broader reach was awesome and they're, and they're great, great dudes. You know, and so, you know, for those of you that have ever heard me on extra tack class or whatever, you know, I'm a big fan of magic and card tricks in particular, right? Cause I've got no, I've got no fine motor skills, right? So I do, I do pick a card, any card, and it's 52 card pickup within seconds, right? But so you just heard Sam talking about it though, right? The trick is at Vets of PM, the bottled lightning is we're vets. Buy vets for vets. I know, by the way, some of us see all the gray. Some of us have spent damn near three decades in business now. So I've been on that side of the fence for eight years, DOD, military, and I've been on this side of the fence. So when Sam says PL statement, PL performance, PL whatever, that's why I wrote the book. Like, you better know what PL is, because if Sam says that in an interview and you don't know what he just said, you ain't getting that job. I mean, regardless of how much he likes it, you can't, you two can't have a conversation about your performance on the job. And that's a non starter, right? So it really is about we help you speak the language we package you so the sams of the world are like cool man i don't have to do all the work myself i can look for the package i'm looking for oh i see three of the same package i really dig i'm going to show all three to the customer sweet we found one right you still got to do the work and get yourself ready to get packaged but you know gee whiz sam i mean that's that that's why we created the magic trick we created with the skill bridge program is how do we and since we're vets in the fight and we're execs in the civ fight, we know what both those camps need, what kind of ammunition, what kind of caliber, what, where are they pointing on the battlefield? We know how to help both of them get what they want. 
which is, you know, a, a, a really cool place to live. So I'm glad you guys are finding so much value out of it. And think about that. Your company's finding value. Your customers are finding value. There's half a dozen folks that you've had on residencies are finding value. I mean, I, I don't know about you, brother, but there ain't no bad news in that story right there. Like everybody's winning. Everybody's getting value. Yeah. 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 I can't, I can't say thank you enough. What a great comment, man. Uh, humbled, humbled to be able to help, you know, you guys out and uh, just thanks for the trust, right. Yep. For allowing us to feed you and your success. Because when you talk about those wins, then we get to slap hooray and do high fives in the background saying, Hey man, we got, we got them, those guys, you know? So, uh, but thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank you guys. And thanks for everything you're doing for the veteran community. Um, so I love working with you guys. Uh, like I said, four vets, five vets, and we're helping veterans and what you guys are doing is, is fantastic. And uh, yeah, it's helping our company and help, happy to help your company. And we're stoked you're on the podcast with us, man. A lot of people, you know, we get a lot of great guests on the podcast, but so we also get guests who are like, man, I don't know. I can't do a podcast, but you know, I mean, like you're a natural dude, just, Hey, come on and have a chat with a couple vets and talk about the transition and talk about what you're doing now. And let's talk about making money and having fun and getting people employed. Like I, you know what I mean? Like how cool of a conversation is that? And we're, I mean, Jeremy's a nice guy. He's not going to hurt anybody. Like, you know, I'm usually over caffeinated, but I, so really cool that you take time out of your business day too, to come on the podcast with us and hang out and chat and, and, you just, what's cool about the podcast, I think is, and Jeremy talked me into it finally, it's one to many. So Sam, you're going to say something today. Like, dude, early on, you said reverse headhunt, and then you explain the tactic. So a lot of times vets in transition hear these things like do this, but they don't get any tactical, like here's steps one, two, three, four, five to execute that thing. So you just did it. I mean, who knows how many people are going to hear that dude and go, man, the light bulb just went on and they're going to have a better transition because Sam said that and was able to tactically unpack it for him. So it's, it's just cool to think about the reach and the scope of the impact that you can have, um, you know, by sitting and chatting with us, but it's a business day. Like you took time out of your business day to come on the podcast with us. So man, we appreciate that too. That's, that's awesome. Well, happy to. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, it's been a blast. So, uh, yeah, honored to, to reach your audience and, and to be on here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, as, as we wrap it up, I mean, obviously, we, uh, we're super appreciative of your time and obviously respecting our listeners' time. And I think they got a lot of value out of having you in there. Is there any, like, parting shots that you're, like, one more thing for transition that, you know, we, we all know that there's a transition coming. And most of the time, we're unemployed on the other side of that. It's, and there's some real fear there. There's some real apprehension. What did you do to like the number one thing, maybe three things, I don't know. I don't want to limit you that, that you said, okay, this is how I'm going to mitigate that risk. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's a balance. Like some guys know they want to get out in, in 12 months and they'll be hitting me up and I'm like, man, I'm trying to make payroll in two weeks. And <laughs> you're talking about hiring a year from now. Uh, so uh, you know, you want to start thinking early, you want to start being proactive and trying to get out there, but to be realistic, like you're going to find a job probably in the last like month or three months, uh, before your transition, because that's, that's, you know, speed to need. And, and that's when you're going to match up there. So, um, yeah, but definitely, I mean, you can start putting lines in the water and, uh, and thinking about it and doing some of the things we said, the prep work, like creating, you know, posts and being active on LinkedIn. Uh, I think that, 
you'll have to, uh, uh, you know, get a couple, uh, a, a couple options lined up. Like don't put all your eggs in one basket and think, okay, I'm going to get with this company. Um, and you know, I'm six months out, I've got my offer letter signed and it's a done deal. Like keep, keep hunting just in case something falls through. Even if you're on a signed offer letter, you never know, like company goes under, they don't make the next funding round or whatever. And so have some options, uh, all the way up until start date. That's amazing. So great, great advice. I mean, so yeah, you can start early, but maybe don't expect to have a job offer six months out. Right. right. <laughs> you right. just don't work that 30 to 60 days tops is when you might see something. So I like that. So, Hey, calm down, like relax just a, just a second. And then many lines in the water. Um, that, that happened to me. I, I put in for a job, got an interview, got another interview, got an offer letter. And then that position kind of went away and they said, sorry. Like, I mean, the position's gone now. We were not hiring for that position anymore. And that was like a six month uh, process. And I was like, whoa, okay. All right. Time to pivot. So yeah. um, understanding that things can happen. Um, and then doc, you know, obviously being active on LinkedIn and building that presence. And you already said that put some creative thought out there that's valuable to some people and, and get your, uh, get your free training and all your free stuff at uh, vets2pm.com slash training. Once you sign up for that, you get access to resume help, LinkedIn help, uh, project management fundamentals, which you know everything you're doing in the world is a project if it's temporary uh, endeavor to create something, product, service, or result, right? So it can all relate back. It can't hurt to be a good project manager, um, but I love it. Last things, Doc? Well, you know, so he says be active on LinkedIn. So let's do the tactical. I mean, that's why we created our free course. Now, you know, be wary. Free can sometimes mean you get what you pay for, but you know, you hear it all the time at TAPS class. Be, do LinkedIn. Okay. And then I don't even have a LinkedIn account. What URL do I go to to even get, how do I even get on LinkedIn and what does that mean? Hey, here's a course. Here's how you create an account on LinkedIn. Here's how you pick a photo. Here's how you upload a photo. Here's how, you know, use photofeeler.com. Here's how you judge whether it's a good photo or a bad photo. Hey, here's how do you write in a, a summary that gets attention? So for example, Kathy McLeod, our formal resume writer, would tell you, oh, your resume's got to be formal in third person. But I would tell you, if you're trying to get a guy like Sam's attention, so make your LinkedIn profile first person. Don't be Jimmy from Seinfeld, like Jimmy made a good shot. Jimmy made a good <laughs> pass. Like, we know you wrote it, dude. Write it first person and talk to me as a human being. It's a conversation. Hey, anybody out there like Sam, think about who you're talking to. Anybody like Sam, here's what I love. Here's what I want to do. And here's how it's going to help you. I'd love to interview with you so I can help you so I can get some help on the back end of that, right? It, have a Start that interview conversation right there with your LinkedIn profile. So we've got a course on how to build a tactical LinkedIn profile so you can do what Sam said, get busy on LinkedIn, right? We believe in providing you with the tactical stuff you need so you can move out. Because guess what? Your first LinkedIn profile ain't going to be your last. My LinkedIn profile has evolved 98 times in counting over the last seven years. But, you know, in project management, we talk about empirical knowledge. Know what you know, because your plan ran into reality and got T-boned at the red light. Like, get moving, get it out there, get some feedback, and then tweak it. Make it better, 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 better. It's, it's a, you know, Sam said it. It's a marathon, man. It's ain't a sprint. 
It might take you a couple months, but man, you only need one great job offer to change your life, right? That's, you only need one. So right. and we're hiring, so reach out. <laughs> yeah. Well, packed, we're packed in with, uh, with stuff here. So um, Sam, is there a good way for them to contact you? What's your preferred method of contact possibly that you want to throw out there or do you want to make them find it? Yeah. Well, yeah. Come find me on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, search my name, Sam Green. It's R I E H N. Uh, and, uh, shoot me a note and I'm, I'm, I'll get back to you as soon as I can and happy to, happy to chat, uh, or shoot me an email at Sam at SBIRadvisors.com. Too cool. I don't know. Cool. Thanks for sharing. And don't forget to sign up. If you, if you want to do the SkillBridge program, then you can go to the bestpm.com slash skillbridge and sign up there. And then you're part of that talent pool that uh, Sam's looking at, right? So, I mean, there's another, another avenue. Well, thanks so much again, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Doc, uh, for all the great wisdom that you're dropping all the time as well. You too, brother. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you for tuning in and spending a bit of time with us at the Military Transition Academy powered by Vets to PM. If we piqued your interest, but you want more details, please head over to the website vets2pm.com and see if we can help prepare you for a better tomorrow or a future meaningful and lucrative career.